gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. And I'm going to do something that uh, I'm not very good at regularly doing, and that's deliver on a promise, or at least deliver on something that I alluded to earlier in the show. Something that I alluded to following up on earlier in the show. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. Thank you. I'm very impressed with myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is, of course, uh, what I what I had to say about the pokies and its relationship to our show. Um, and I'm just going to quickly run through this as just a little bit of food for thought. We can dive maybe a bit deeper into it next week or in coming weeks. It's going to be very relevant for the state election, but pokies are uh, proving to play out a, a very, very significant and decisive role in the upcoming state election for us here in New South Wales. Um, and last night we had a cabinet meeting for the the uh, state Liberal Party. Uh, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet and the Liberals have decided that all pokies will be cashless by 2028. And as part of that, they're recognising that pubs and clubs rely heavily on poker machines for revenue streams, for better or worse, I say for worse. And because of that, they're going to have a diversification fund. A diversification fund is going to give one-off $50,000 grants to pubs and clubs, to encourage them to get money from other sources, such as drumroll live music. And that's where it all loops back. And what I would just like to say... Very short drumroll. Yeah, very short drumroll. <laughs> what I would just like to say is that this, what, what we're seeing right now, the landscape for pokies is changing really, really rapidly as is public sentiment. And what this could mean is that we get a whole bunch more live music happening in pubs and clubs as poker machines become less desirable for those operators to have in their venues. And you might remember towards the end of last year, we did a music news sort of touching on licenses and the government trying to unravel a lot of the red tape that it might take some of these establishments to actually apply for a license to play live music. So with that previous announcement, it's up on a previous podcast, I'm sure. You can find it up on homebrew.au um, or just or. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, or you can just Google it and someone more reliable than us has probably done a write-up on it. But, um, yeah, that whole new licence structure that the government set out will sort of really help a lot of these pubs and clubs apply for a licence. So once, you know, if the pokies do eventually disappear, if the government do put in this one-off $50,000 grant towards them, I mean, it's sort of almost like a no-brainer for a lot of these places to get behind live music. Yeah, it, it could really be a great thing, a renaissance of sorts, um, because, you know, I know the stories that my parents tell of growing up in and around Sydney it's when so they were younger are very different to what pubs and clubs look like today when they have 300 poker machines. Um, I've, yeah, not, not that into that well, side of it and into the live music. forever... I shouldn't say forever, but sort of since it happened, we've both been very frustrated at a local establishment who used to do live music. Yes. Who then cut live music and instead put in a big TAB. Yes, yes. There's more to life than gambling as live music exemplifies. But we'll leave that there. We might touch back in on it as the election draws closer because it, that and general cultural policy is, is also very, very interesting to dive into. I'd also like to point out that that proves that we are apolitical because last week we were lauding the Labor government's uh, new cultural policy and just now we're lauding the state Liberal government's plan for poker machines. We just want the best for live music in That's this country. That's what we do. 
It's what we do. And we are going to quickly jump into uh, the next story right now, and that is going to be doing a little bit more lauding of the (laughs) the federal Labor government, only because, and this is kind of a follow-on to what we did chat about last week, they launched this enormous cultural policy, the first uh, of its kind in over a decade, which really looked to place um, culture right back in the crosshairs of any prospective government and actually have a plan of of how we're going to execute and how we're going to build in our culture moving forward. Obviously, this had a lot of really good things for live music generally and Australian music as part of it. It did. And if you want the full breakdown of that, that one I can definitely confirm with you is on homebrewed.au under the podcast tab. It's probably the most recent podcast to go up, went up on Thursday. So not for long. If you have, oh well, yeah, well, you got about a week until this one goes up because the interviews are at Mondays, but there haven't been interviews since Brandon Duff. So We'll ignore that one. So you've got a week before <laughs> that sentence that I just said is no longer relevant, but you can definitely catch the full breakdown on homebrew.au, which I would recommend you do because we go into quite some depth on it. Uh, we discuss why it's relevant, what's needed, what's in the plan, and also what's not included in the plan that perhaps should be in further reforms. But tonight we are talking about sexual harassment and bullying in the Australian music industry and the federal government is set to establish the Centre for Arts Workplaces which will be charged with making the arts sector a safer place to work. That's right. Uh, This one came in conjunction kind of with the cultural policy last week but we didn't get enough time to kind of dive into this side of it too which is really, really good. Um, Basically, uh, we know that the last few years have looked a lot like um, it's, it's been, uh, a, a big process. Um, Jaguar Jones, who came yep. on our show last year or the year before, I cannot remember anymore. Also um, on homebrew. I believe it you. was lockdown period based on how I remember the interview, but, uh, <laughs> either way, she uh, has been a really big driving force in this, sharing her own personal stories of sexual abuse, uh, by people within the music industry. Uh, and we've also seen the fall of, um, some pretty significant names within the Australian music industry, heads of Sony, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and as part of that, there's been big reviews, there's been, um, summits, there's been all of this stuff. So we've had this kind of reckoning going on for the last couple of years. And it's kind of now at this point where the government is introducing this body um, that's going to be able to receive complaints from those within the creative industries, uh, including music, of course, and it's going to help facilitate referrals to authorities um, where that's appropriate. Uh, it's also going to develop codes of contact and uh, conduct and provide resources uh, to the music sector in general, which is a, a really good step forward. Uh, individuals and companies that receive government funding are going to be required to adopt workplace safety standards and those that fail to meet the minimum threshold could have their funding put at risk, um, which is good uh, to see. And we've also seen off the back of this um, that Support Act at the same time has, uh, who, who as a charity or a friend of the show, <laughs> which we can claim. We can definitely uh, claim it because we spoke to the, the CEO towards the end of last year. We so. did. Clive Miller came on the show. You can find that one. You know. You Homebrewed.au. Homebrewed. Um, they've released also uh, around the same time a new document uh, that's in a bid to help tackle systemic issues of sexual misconduct, bullying and discrimination within the industry. Um, now, this is a resource uh, that's going to be really, really useful to 
anyone within the industry, as so many of Support Act's documents are. It's called Support Act Guide to Sexual Misconduct, Bullying and Discrimination. Um, and that comes off the back of their own research uh, that the music industry reviews raising their voices report, which we did report on uh, towards the end of last year as well. That noted high rates of bullying, sexism and harassment within the sector and called for workplace reform. So these two things have kind of happened at a similar time which means that the government's listened, the industry has obviously listened to itself um, and Support Act being the fantastic charity that they are, have gone ahead and taken that further step forward to create this document. So in lockstep a government and industry, which is not always the case, and there's this shared goal of getting rid of sexual uh, misconduct generally from the industry after the last couple of years where we've had this reckoning. So it is really good to see progress in action and actually see the industry being made a safer place because of the years of work for artists like Jaguar Jones and now the, um, you know, initiative and, and, and willingness from government and industry uh, to work together and make this happen. Yeah, and this is something that Clive Miller did speak to us about in our chat, available on homebrew.au. Uh, he did sort of mention the industry as a whole and when we sort of, because obviously they do a lot within the music scene. They fun, do a lot of financial support, particularly during COVID. Um, and we spoke to him as well during the Oz Music T-shirt week, who was sort of in the build-up to the big day on the Friday we spoke to him. So it was November that we spoke to him. I've just placed it how good <laughs> we normally can't do that. Yeah, that was I really, that's the first time it's ever been done. I know, miracle. Uh, but he was talking then about, you know, how when we sort of asked him what can sort of the industry do to sort of improve itself and, you know, what do you, what does he see the industry looking like in the future? Uh, and this is one of the things that he touched on. He said that I think the industry with all of the harassment, he wants it to be sort of a big community that's supportive. It's a safe place for people to come to work. And he's backed those words up from November with this sort of announcement. For sure. And and the good thing about this as well is, is so what the government's doing as part of this cultural policy is, putting in these kind of structures in place and these bodies that are meant to oversee and make sure certain things happen in certain ways and that everybody is adhering to these standards. What Support Act are doing is actually providing um, a resource to people themselves, musicians, artists, anybody within the industry. So if they're a bit unsure about something that's happened or where their rights are or what they maybe should do after something has happened, they can jump on the website pull up this document, which is, it is available on their website, um, and use it as kind of a checkpoint for people who have been affected by this in any way. Uh, and then they know what the next steps are to do. So you've got this kind of two tiered approach where the government's all right, we're going to manage the kind of almost regulatory side of this. Um, and then support act, which are like, we're going to manage the human side of it. We're going to tell you that this is what you need to do, or these are what your rights are, or we're just going to extend that support out to you. Um, so it's, it, it is really nice to see this kind of happening in this sequence. And I think everybody can agree that uh, it's much needed for the industry and only going to make it a whole lot better. And it's in the order that you would want it to happen in the sense that the government are looking after legislation and support act, are looking after the people and the culture and the industry. Like it, the right people seem to be working in the right spaces when it comes to this. And there's still a long way to go with a lot of this and trying to get that culture shift and the change and try and make it a completely safe place for people to come to work because we still hear of stories and incidents happening. But this is certainly a very big step in the right direction. Yeah, indeed it is. Indeed it is. And it is, uh, I mean, generally if we zoom out at the stories we've all covered here, it's we're seeing good things federally. 
um, from a Labor government. We're seeing good things on a state level from a Liberal government and the industry itself is in a really good place despite um, having, you know, the disruption that was COVID. So it is really nice to see the industry as a whole kind of tackling the issues that it has had and identifying them and also moving forward and then governments kind of supporting and wanting the, the industry generally to flourish. So um, all good stuff here on Homebrewed, despite, you know, some bad origins, particularly with some of the, you know, sexual misconduct stories that have come out. Uh, but that is the music news for this evening.